I've got a very exciting guest in the studio with me today. His name is Billy Schwer. He's a professional boxer, former British, Commonwealth, European and world boxing champion. And he's here with me in the studio. All right. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's, How are you today? I'm fantastic. It's great to be here. Brilliant. We've been talking about doing this for some weeks now and it's great to actually be here doing it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's, I'm just so excited to have you in the it's studio. Great. Happy Friday is great, isn't it? I know. Fridays are good. Friday, good feeling. Friday's good feeling. I mean, Billy, you've been on an amazing journey, haven't you? I mean, you started boxing for England at the age of 15. Yes, but I started boxing when I was eight. So eight. that was eight years of age. Eight that years was when of I age. started, yeah. Had my first contest when I was 11. Then I was, yeah, won the national championships when I was 13. And then it's been a roller coaster ride since then. So I, was, I experienced being a champion as a 13 year old kid. Oh my God. And it was amazing. Barely a teenager. Barely a teenager. And it was like, wow, yeah. So then I knew from then, it was like, I can be a success. It is possible. And you, you probably knew from then that this is something that you want to do. I was good at it. I was good at it. I was a national champion. I remember, I remember being at school and. I came after the weekend, it was on a Saturday, where I won the national championships, like a, I was a, the champion, and I came back to school, and they got me to stand up and assemble, and it's like, that was when I realised, wow, I've, I'm a little bit different, I didn't, I, but then it's funny, because they got me to stand up and assembly, like 300 kids, and I f didn't feel right, I felt strange, I felt I didn't fit in, I felt different, and, but then it's like, I, I, knew I, could be, I knew I could be a champion. Fantastic. From that moment, so it's just pursuing my dream from then. Unbelievable. So, I mean, at the age of 15 then, so you started properly when you were eight. Um, then you were about 15 and you were an amateur yeah. boxing champion. Um, and then six years later from there, at the age of only 21, you turned professional. That's right, yeah. 21 years of age. Unbelievable. So I had a great amateur career. I had nearly 100 fights over, over I think it's 10 or 11 years as an amateur. And it was um, one experience. It was amazing. I just remember as a kid... Traveling, I've been a teenager going and traveling on my own to different countries in like a team of a boxing team, and it was such an experience. I think, I think a great, a great lesson. So many life lessons in boxing, mm. any contact sport. I think, I think kids should do a contact sport. You get so many life lessons in it discipline, dedication. You get learn to be coached by other people, you get to interact with other people of all different ages you get to travel the experience is incredible it builds your character as well absolutely it makes yeah it's maybe the man i am now and also it helps you mentally as well yeah because it's all it's fine being physically fit but mentally yeah it, it's a battle in there absolutely. as well to it's step, a mental battle to, for anyone to step into the ring takes a huge amount of courage i've got respect for anyone who steps into the ring They've got my respect because I know what it takes to step up into that ring is takes a right, great deal of courage. And how did it feel when you first held that belt being world champion? How, how that must have been an immense feeling for it, you. Yeah, it, but it was incredible. It, so my first contest when I was 11 and I won the world championships 20 years later. Unbelievable. So it's like a real. But the thing was, I won it in my fourth attempt. So I'd failed three times to become the world champion. Then I eventually won it in my fourth attempt. So it was an incredible journey to, to eventually achieve my dream. Something I'd set out to do from a young age and eventually to, yeah, to lift the world championship belt was, was incredible. It was amazing. Best feeling in the world. It was, it was, it was, it was like it was a mixture of all types of feelings. It was, it was relief as well. It was like, <laughs> thank God for that. I've done it. I've done it. I can now rest. But, um, but the thing was, after, after the fight, it did life just doesn't quite go the way that we want it to all the time yeah. it's after the fight I, I didn't quite feel right so I ended up in hospital 
So we'd, we'd organise a big after fight party in Luton. I'm just from Luton Town up the road. Not far. And um, we should organise this big party. And I, I just, yeah, I just feel, didn't feel right. So I had double vision and I couldn't see properly. And so I was in the car, pulled the car up, and I was violently sick. So the alarm bells started to ring. So we went straight to hospital. And so I missed the party. Everyone got really drugged without me. Everyone's going, where's Billy? Where's Billy? And I'm in hospital. And I remember lying on the hospital trolley awaiting a brain scan. And I was I was really frightened. I had my family around with me. And it was like, I had a friend of mine killed in the ring. I know guys have been brain damaged. And it was like, I didn't I didn't really know what had happened to, to my head. I was, I was frightened. It was, a real, it was a real experience. So winning the World Championship was a great achievement. And also, it didn't quite, wasn't quite what I was expecting. So I ended up in hospital. And then what happened after the hospital? They released me after two days. I'd just concussion, so I was okay. So that that's so I come out of hospital. I was a world champion. I had my world title belt, and it was like wow. So that so that was great. But then I had my, I had my first defence only three months later, and it was um, it was an absolute battle. I'd, it's, looking back on it, but upon reflection, I should have waited a little bit longer because mm. I got knocked out in that fight. So I lost my world championships in my first defence. Unbelievable. So I lost it. Yeah, I lost it as soon as I got it. I'd lost it. You should have waited a little bit longer. I should have waited. So then then what happened was, in hindsight, hindsight is a wonderful thing, right? (laughs) It's like, if I knew now, yeah, exactly. But um, so I ended up back in hospital for the second time. But this time I went in style. I travelled in the ambulance. And I remember going through central London in the back of an ambulance, sirens blaring. It was a Saturday night. I can remember it as clear as anything. And I looked out the window. It's dark. And it's like, in that moment, I realised my life as I know it was over. And that was when I made the toughest decision I've ever made to retire mm. from professional boxing. So my career was over. It's like, wow, now what? Oh my god! And I really struggled with that period of my life. It was tough. I mean, because with any contact sport, there's going to be some form of injuries. And especially in a, such a demanding and grueling sport like boxing, where injuries are, are just so common, like broken noses and broken bones and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been put off by any of that and thought, well, okay, I've broken my nose now, that's it, I'll stop kind of thing? It's an occupational hazard. <laughs> broken hands, cuts, bruises, fat lips, broken noses. That all goes <laughs> with the territory. It's all part of the game. That's like, that is your occupational hazard. And it is brutal. Boxing is, it is brutal. It's so tough in there. To do it as a professional boxer is, it is brutal. And I loved it. I loved it. I wouldn't change a thing for the world. It's an amazing, amazing experience. And it was tough, really tough. And it was such an experience. It must have been. I don't think I could do it again. Once was enough. Once was enough. I couldn't relive that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, growing up, you did you have any heroes to look up to? People like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. My dad, my dad I, I was so fortunate to have a beautiful family. My parents were incredible. My mum and my dad were just amazing. So my dad was a boxer, so he got me into it. Okay. When he was uh, the Irish featherweight champion, he boxed for England, he boxed for Ireland. So he he was top of his game as an amateur. So that's the reason why I got into it. And then it's um, so it's just those. I, I had two great sisters. They were just my family. Was, I was so fortunate to have a great family. They supported me right throughout my career. So there was there's a couple of fighters I like. I like Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Robinson. Those are two fighters that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Those type of people. My boxing trainer, Jack Lindsay, got another guy from Luton. He's he was a, an I call him Gentleman Jack. Now Jack is not your stereotypical boxing trainer. He likes opera. He paints and draws. Oh, he's just really he's beautiful. He's such a gentleman. And uh, so he he was. We were together for many many years. It's like a, it's like a marriage. 
I'd see him most days and we'd train and we'd work and it was like a marriage. So if you take somebody like um, one of our legendary boxers, somebody like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, they have these slogans and I know Muhammad Ali's one was float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That was very memorable. Yeah. Very, very memorable. Were you inspired by any of that and thought, wow. Yeah, what a great fighter. What a great ambassador for the sport. He absolute legend. One of the most recognised faces in the world of sport. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And do, would you say that his his slogan for singing like a bee and, and floating yeah. a butterfly, well, is, he, that inspired, he, is that something you used yourself in the ring? He, he was just a, he was an inspiration to a lot of people. He was, he was incredible to, to listen to him and to watch him in action was just incredible. He was amazing. He's amazing. And he, the, the way that he used to speak, how fast he was, his brain was, he was incredible. Amazing. So you retired after... Uh, professional boxing after you won the world champion uh after i lost it after you lost it yeah. um do you have any regrets never no regrets no no none at all life is what it is i'll never i never have any regrets and i will look back on my life and i've made lots of mistakes and i made some bad choices you know but i have no regrets because it the past has made me what i am so I'm, I'm just very grateful i'm really grateful for my health i'm i'm healthy I'm in great shape. I'm very fortunate to be healthy. I'm grateful for my family, the people who are in my life. I've got some great friends and some beautiful people in my life. And I'm really grateful for the future that I'm creating. Fantastic. Because, I mean, you've been on an incredible journey because straight after from retiring from professional boxing, after you, you won the championship and then lost it, you then suffered from depression. Yeah. Um, you felt crashed. weak and you crashed and you burned, basically. Yes, basically. Hit rock bottom. You really did. Yeah. So how did you get out of this? Well, I went, like you said, I went through depression. I went through a divorce and I even went bankrupt. I lost everything. So everything I fought so long and hard for was now gone. I had my home repossessed. I had no money. And I had no future. That was a bit. I had no future. I went from an identity crisis. My whole life I've been Billy the Boxer. And now I was just Billy. And I didn't really know who I was. Because I've been Billy the Boxer from a kid of eight years of age. And there I was, 31. Not really sure who I was. Or what the future was. I had no future. And I was living into an abyss of darkness. Because I couldn't see a future outside of the world of boxing. I couldn't see a life for myself outside of the boxing ring. So that was a real challenge for me. It's about coming through that. And I just, I went to work on myself. I pulled myself to pieces. And I've been doing that for the last 10 years, looking at what makes us as human beings, what 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 has us be the way that we are, just fascinates me. So how Why do, you, do we do what we do? So what did you do? Did you in, did you invest in yourself? Did you, like, were you into yeah. self-development, all yeah. that kind of thing? I went and did a program called the Landmark Forum, and that was the catalyst of what I'm doing today. It rocked my world. It's like the best thing I've done. It was a three-day and one evening. It was a training program. They're a global organisation training. And it's like I sat in this room for three days, and it's like, I, it blew me away. It just transformed my life, and it's so. It was so perfect for me at that time. It's something that I was looking for. So I did. I walked out of that building never ever to be the same again. It was incredible, and life changing. Life changing, absolutely life changing. And then it's like so. I I was so so intrigued and fascinated by what that that thing was that that because it was I, was I just sat in a room for three days i couldn't work out what that was i didn't write any notes i didn't i didn't read anything it's just being a conversation about what it is to be a human being ontology the, the study of the art and science of being that's what that's what the landmark form was all about that ontology you get to see who you're being in life 
And trust me, it ain't pretty. <laughs> when you have a look at yourself, you get to see how you operate and just how you are and how you be. And it, yeah, you get to see what works and you get to see what doesn't work. So, so Landmark Forum helped you out? It just transformed my life. Yeah, it was amazing. It was incredible. And I've done lots and lots of their work, lots of their, their education. I've done loads of their stuff. Fantastic. And so now... Very recently, you've actually worked on becoming an inspirational, motivational speaker, and that's what you do now, as that's well it. as being a performance coach. Yep. You, you're a professional speaker. Yep. That's, that's something I've created and generated myself. So I've created my own seven principles. So I've, I use boxing as a metaphor. So when I go and speak... The title of my, this is what I'm going to call it now, I've just changed it to Blood, Sweat and Tears. Oh, this is a new one This then. is so Blood, Sweat and Tears. So it's about my journey and it's about all about my seven principles about how to survive and thrive. So I use boxing as a metaphor. I share all my stories about how I eventually become a world champion, the ups and the downs and the roller coaster ride of life. And it, it makes a difference to people. Yeah, it's inspiring. I love it. And you've also got the Billy Schwer Foundation as well, which is all about working with young people, yeah. like the Princess Trust. Absolutely, yeah. And so youth offenders and, and things yeah. like that. So I've, gone to, I've been into prisons, yeah, do stuff with the Princess Trust. Because I, I just, the Billy Schwer Foundation is all about, because I, I have a commitment that young, young people and teenagers have the opportunity to create and live their dreams. So it's like speaking with those types of people and getting them to look at what's really possible. Because they li- they've got this future that they're living into, and it's not really the truth. Mm-hmm. It's about we can redesign and create our future. So it's getting, giving them an access to something they may have not seen about themselves before. Absolutely. And it's ontology. It's about that. They get I share in a way that allows them to see something different for themselves. It can inspire them to move forwards in their lives. Yeah, to make some changes, and it's just creating a little shift in the way that people think. It's like it's about how do you think? It's like what you think? How do you think? It's about looking at how we think. And just shifting that. And you've also got your workshop called Mental Boxing. Yeah. And I love that name, Mental Boxing, because it is. It's not just a physical game. It's a mental game as well, very much so. So the workshop's the Mental Boxing Masterclass. Creating your future now. So it's about creating your future right now. So in this moment, we get to create the future. Moment by moment by moment. That's, that's, That's mental boxing. So when I was going through my real tough period of my life... I just came up with the word mental boxing because I was having on a daily basis a mental boxing match with myself. Every day. Every day, like every hour. I was, I, was, I was having a battle with myself. Can I? Can't I? Should I? Am I good enough? Can I do that? It's like it's that having a mental boxing match, that little voice in your head. It's like that little voice, that little nagging thing that's there mm-hmm. all the time. It's about, we've all got that. We've all that got voice that. Inside. It's like that little voice in our head. So if you listen to your little voice, it's just... It will be saying something to you now. It's like, so what is that? It's about creating our thoughts as well. And that's mental boxing. Absolutely. And it's confronting and challenging that and taking that little voice on. Because the little voice ain't the truth. And it's challenging that little voice. Absolutely. And questioning it and breaking through your barriers. Exactly. Because I'm continuously looking at that and challenging my beliefs, my thoughts, my identity how I'm made up, what is that, and I challenge that, and que- I question it, because that's not really who I am either. So you've also got your book out, which is called Mental Boxing. Yeah, The Science of Success. The Science of Success, so yes. that's out, so if people want to go and buy a copy, they can buy it from Amazon? They, no, it's, it, is, it, is it was on, on Amazon, they can go to the billyshwer.com website, Okay. and that's all about my success system, my success model. And it's uh, the 3D model. So it's like discipline, dedication, and desire. That's like the positive 3D cycle. Being disciplined, having the dedication to achieve your desire. So what is our desire? So what is that? 
it's the desire is the starting point of all, ach- all achievement. Mm-hmm. It's the first principle of success, knowing what you want. So then that's the positive cycle. So if we can stand that positive cycle moving towards our desires, and then we're going to win. But then on the flip side of that, there's a negative cycle, doubt, distraction, and disappointment. So do you ever doubt yourself? Do you ever get distracted? Have you ever been disappointed? I think we all all are victims of that. So we get caught up in that negative cycle, the self-doubt, the getting distracted, the procrastination, putting things off. Dealing with our disappointments, like feeling like a failure, losing. So that's like a continuum of winning and losing. So it's keeping in that positive cycle and just being aware of where you're at. Fantastic. So the book's all about that. Brilliant. Well, if any of our listeners want to find out more about um, Billy Schwer and his inspiring, incredible story, log on to www.billyschwer.com. Thank you very much for joining us in the studio today, Billy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you. You're a superstar. Thank you. Thanks.